listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Good afternoon, Victory family. I'm Bodhi. I'm one of the pastors here, and I would like to welcome you to church. Not the building, but the community. Can you just give a big smile to the person beside you? Of course, we are so glad to be here. We are God's people who He has called together to gather so that we could glorify and honor Him in every way. You know, as you are seated there right now, I am actually wondering in my mind right now how you became part of this church. Do you remember the first time you walked through those doors or probably the first time that you joined a victory group? How did you become part of the church? I would actually love to go down and talk to you, but we'll do something different today. I'd like to invite everyone to stand up. No, you know, remember the first time you went here in church or you joined a group, you became part of the church? And share it to the person, not beside you, you know those people, probably to the front or to the back. Why don't you just grab a partner right now and share that with them? Of course, ask their name. When did they join? How did they join? I was broken with blinded eyes. I was caught up in the chains of darkness. Don't be shy. Go ahead, just say hi to the person and then share with them. When you joined the church, who invited you? How did you feel the first time you attended the service? Yung iba nandun na sa saan ka nagtatrabaho, eh, no? Yung ano lang, pag-attend lang natin ang church. Sige, I'll give you 30 more seconds. The other person can start sharing right now. All right, you can start wrapping up. All right, say thank you to your partner. Thank you. And you may now take your seats. That was fun, right? You want another five minutes of it? Probably not. It was awkward for some, would you agree? It was kind of awkward for some people, but truth of the matter is that's how church is supposed to be. We should be different from moviegoers who go into the cinema, sit very closely to each other, but not say a word to each other, and then leave without even knowing anything about the person beside you. We are a church. We are God's people. We are not meant to be strangers. We are meant to grow in thriving relationships with God and with each other. So again, the person you just shared your story to, that is a brother, that is a sister in Christ. Because we are part of the church. Last week, we talked about how we become part of the church. That happens not by signing up a membership paper. That happens when we surrender our lives to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we believe and declare with all of our hearts that He is truly the Christ, 
He is the promised Savior and He is the Son of the living God. When that happens, we are given a new life, eternal life. When that happens, we are born again like spiritual babies. Look at the person beside you, mukabang baby. Parang hindi. But that's what happens when we are born again. We are like babies in the spirit. Unfortunately for a lot of us, we remain babies for years, even for a lifetime. And that is not what God has designed us to be. I have this friend uh, who is in my group, and he always tells me, Bodhi, baby Christian pa ako eh. For the longest time, I've been attending church. I've been part of several churches, but I'm still a baby Christian. What exactly does being a baby Christian mean? It means that you know little about God's word. You know little about his promises. You know little about the commandments. Um, you have a hard time exercising your faith when you are in difficult situations. Say, when the bills are coming and you don't have money, it rattles you, it frazzles you, and you feel like it's the end of the world. You have a hard time, you know, applying faith. And when it comes to your character, when it comes to the way that you live your life, it's not any different from how you were before you surrendered your life to Jesus. Yung tipong pag makita ka ng tao dito sa church na kakilala mo sa work, ah, Christian ka pala. Kagulat sis, ha? Di masyadong obvious. A lot of us stay like babies for our whole lives. And again, that is not God's design. He describes the church as a growing, thriving community. He describes the church as a victorious people, not people who can't even exercise faith, living defeated lives. He meant for us to live in victory. Is that victory evident in your life? Are you experiencing and enjoying the victory in the midst of all the chaos and the trouble happening around you? Or are we still babies? I don't think anyone wants to be babies forever. I know of people, a lot of people, maybe all of us, we want to look young, baby face. Yeah. But we don't want to be babies in the spirit, even emotionally forever. We want to grow and that is God's desire for us to grow as well. That's why he put us into this community, the church, a people who could help us grow more in our faith. A people who could help us grow more in our understanding of who He is. And as we share life with each other, not just act like strangers, but act like a family week in and week out, we will eventually grow into that church that God has designed us to be. What does that church look like? We will see the picture of that church in Acts chapter 2. So I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Let's stand up as well so that we could give reverence to the Word of God. We will be reading from verses 42 to 47. I'm reading from the ESV version. It says here, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, 
praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word that continues to encourage us, comfort us, give us joy, give us direction. Your word that helps us to know you and your heart all the more. And that is our prayer today, Lord, that today we inch closer in getting to know you. And Lord, today we inch closer in becoming more like you. We know that we could not do this on, your, on our own. That's why we invite you, Holy Spirit, to move mightily in our minds and in our hearts. My prayer is that today as we talk about the word, that each and every person in this room will be transformed, will be connected to you and to your people so that we could worship you in the best way possible. Bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. As we read that passage in Acts chapter 2, as it described the early church, I can't help but think, I want to be part of that church. Again, I want to be part of that church. Why? Because a lot of beautiful things were happening there. As we read in the verses, it says that miracles, signs, and wonders were being performed in their midst by the apostles. Would you want to see miracles, signs, and wonders happening in our midst? Yes. And believe me, that will happen and that is actually happening. Not only with the eyes that we have physically, but even in our hearts. I believe that God is moving even right now, doing miracles. It says here that the believers' love for each other was so visible. They loved hanging out with each other. Every day, they would spend time in their homes. They would eat. They would talk. They would help others. They loved being with each other. And I pray that we will be a church who loves being with each other. Hindi yung, naman yung katabi ko. I pray that we would love, oh, nice to see you, that we would be so excited to go to church. And it says in these verses that the church was actually a blessing to the people around them who were in need. And not just to the people around them, but to each other. When someone had a need, they would give sacrificially. And at the end of that, there was a note that the Lord kept adding to the church. They were growing in number, but at the same time, they were growing deeper in faith. That's why I say, I want to be part of that church. Would you say the same thing? Do you want to be a part of this church in Acts chapter 2? Of course. Yes, we would want to be part of that church. Some of you would probably say, actually, nga, Pastor Bodhi, nagahanap ako ng ganyang church eh. Palipat-lipat ako. Parang seventh church ko na to this year. Wala akong makita ng ganyang church. Ah, ang daming problema ng no, mga pinuntahan kong church. If you're looking for the perfect church, let me tell you, this is not it. Again, this is not the perfect church. You know why? Because you're here. <laughs> Again, this church is not perfect because you're here. <laughs> no, this church is not perfect because I'm here. Because we're all here. None of us are perfect. How can people who are imperfect come up with a perfect community? Impossible yun. Kalohohan. There is no such thing as a perfect church. And God, as he was describing the church when he was talking to Peter, as we discussed last week in Matthew, he said that he was going to build a victorious church, not a perfect church. 
a victorious church that will still face opposition, that will still face challenges, that will still have conflict, but they will overcome. They will be victorious. And, you know, as we continue to depend on Him and as we continue to work together, I believe that we will see that happening. You don't have to go to your eighth church. If you commit yourself here and do what God is calling you to do, I believe that you will find this to be a perfect church, not because no mistakes happen here or no issues happen here, but because this is where God planted you, placed you. We don't choose our church. It is God who brings us there. And you know, when we talk about chaos, I could imagine the early church. Can you imagine 3,000 people being added to one church in one day? Imagine 3,000 baby Christians. During that time, the church, they were only 120 in number. Imagine 3,000 new people coming in. That's three times our number right now. They're probably thinking, Naku, anong gagawin natin? Naku, saan tayo magmamit na? Naku, ang dami problema. Naku, sino magdi-disciple sa mga yan? Naku, anong gagawin natin? Panireklamo yan. Di ba, pagbago ka sa church, init naman. Tigas naman na sila. Butong katabi ko. Kainis yung usher. Di ba, ang dami natin reklamo? Pagbago tayo sa church. Ngayon, hindi na, no? Kasi matagal na kayo. Okay lang. <laughs> yung, yung worship team lang kanina. Ang galing, di ba? So, you know, we have a lot of comments when we are new in church. And I could imagine 3,000 new people being added to the church in a one-time event. The start of the early church, it happened during the Pentecost. During that time, it was known as the Feast of Harvest. And they gathered together people from different places, people from different backgrounds, different languages, different social status, different interests coming together just to celebrate the harvest. When you look at them, it's not like they're going to all get along and, you know, sing, I love you, you love me, selfie tayo. It's not like that. You know that they were just there to celebrate the feast and not to be chummy-chummy with each other. Days before that, rewind muna tayo, days before that, Jesus ascended. And before that, he told his disciples, wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the disciples waited for a little over a month. And during the Pentecost, as everyone was gathered, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples. And the manifestation was through the gift of tongues. They started speaking in languages that they should not even know. But the people around them understood. They were wondering, how come they are speaking our language? They were puzzled, but then eventually they just said, I think they're drunk. You know how you speak when you're drunk? I'm not... I'm too big. Kagabi lang yun, no? Wala nang ganon. Wag ganon. And that's why people were saying, maybe they're drunk. They're slurring. But how come they're speaking that language? And you know, as the Holy Spirit fell upon them, boldness overcame Peter. He heard the people saying they were drunk. Di kami lasing. Ah, di kami lasing. Di kami lasing, sabi niya. And he started explaining why, what happened. He was overcome with boldness, even if he thought it was going to be dangerous. The resurrection and the ascension of Christ was still very fresh here. A lot of things were happening, a lot of discussions. People were disgruntled. He knew that he was going to get into trouble with this. But since he was so filled with the Holy Spirit, he stood up and started speaking about Jesus Christ. He told the people in that feast, you know Jesus? 
You know that man we know as a good teacher? You know that man that did many miracles? You know that man that you mocked? You know that man that you, you know, you said crucify? You know that man that you sent to death? He's the savior that we have been waiting for. And the people were like, oh, and Peter started speaking. These Jews knew about the Old Testament. And Peter started saying, remember, it is written in the Old Testament that there would come a king coming from the line of David. He actually is from the line of David. Remember how they said that to us, a child is born. He was actually born in a manger. Remember in Isaiah, it was said that this would be a suffering king. That, you know, he, he would be tortured to the point that we wouldn't even know how he looks like anymore. Jesus was that king. And all of those prophecies came true when he died on the cross. And you know why he died on the cross? It's because you sent him there. Kidding. We know that it was part of God's greater plan. That even though people, you know, cried crucify, it was for the greater plan of redemption for you and for me. So Peter started preaching about that. And he said, you know, on the third day, you probably don't know about this. He rose again from the dead, proving that all his claims were true. Jesus, that man you thought who died in that cross is actually the Savior. And right now he is in heaven and he offers the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to everyone who would believe in him. So the people said, what are we to do? Peter said, repent and be baptized. Save yourself from this crooked generation. And that's what the people did. They surrendered their lives to Jesus. They received him in their hearts and all 3,000 of them were added to the church. If that happened today, if 3,000 people came here, I'd probably think, you know, that would be the end of it. One-time thing lang yan. Would you agree? It's probably just a fad. Alam mo yun, parang yung milk tea tsaka yung Jayco, mahaba lang yung pila sandali, tapos biglang wala na. Probably, sandali lang yung mga yan. But it wasn't like this for the people those 3,000 who gave their lives to Jesus, they eventually grew into spiritual maturity. They eventually became a picture of a church that all churches would look at and say, I wish we were like that. How did that happen? Did it happen just by standing and waiting for God to move? Did it happen just by those people attending church occasionally? Pag trip lang nila? Pag nasa mood lang sila? Pag nandyan lang yung kotse? Did it happen with them acting passively? Or did it happen with their cooperation as God invited them to be devoted to Him? Why did the early church grow to be that kind of flourishing and thriving community? The key is in the first four, le- four words of the verses that we just read. Again, the key is in the first four words of the verses that we just read. It says there, and they devoted themselves. Can you read that with me? One, two, three. They devoted themselves to the word, to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Before we go through all of those things, I want to highlight one word there first, devoted. Can you say that? Devoted. Do you know what devoted means? What does devoted mean? According to the original Greek translation, it means to steadfastly, continually, tirelessly give attention to something and give yourself to someone or something. 
Again, it means steadfastly, continuously, tirelessly giving attention to, committing to, giving yourself to. We'd probably have a better understanding of the word devoted when we look at the romantic sense of it. Say like when, you know, how Olivia Newton-John describes it. Kanina, hirap na hirap tayo pasabayin sa worship. Pag-video ka talaga, no? Kusapan tumataas yung kamay. Mamaya worship tayo. Gawin din natin with feelings din. Parang ganon. But that's what devoted means. You know, she was already pushed aside. But she kept running after this guy saying, you know, I'll stay here with you no matter what happens. I'm committed to you. I'm devoted to you. Even if the odds aren't in my favor. I will stay here because I'm committed. Steadfastly, tirelessly, and, um, you know, continually pursuing that guy. If you still don't understand it, probably the definition of Rosel Nava would help us. after church you know she was saying even if you're making a fool out of me I would stay with you that's what devoted is now I don't want us to equate those people with God of course we can devote ourselves to God because he is so devoted to us he will never let us down he is faithful now if you are in a similar position with Russell Nava and Olivia Newton-John I urge you to pray if you, could, if you would still continue being devoted to that person, if that's your spouse, go ahead, pray for grace. But if it's someone you're dating, then you, know, you might um, ask God for some wisdom. But when it comes to being devoted to God, that is the type of devotion that we should have. Lord, I will not let you go. We know that he won't let us go. Lord, I will always hold on to your word. I will not quit. We will not tap out no matter what happens, no matter what troubles we face. Have you reached that point? I have. But let me tell you this. Jesus never tapped out on us. He was so devoted to us. He was so committed to us. During the times that people were mocking him, he remained committed. But no, he was devoted to the mission. When he was scourged, when people were spitting on him, when he was carrying that cross and slipping and people kept hitting him, he remained devoted, he remained committed to you and to me. Even if it was painful, even if it was difficult, even if it was hard, I will continue this because I love my people. 
And if I were Jesus, I would pray, I hope they love me too. I pray that we would be able to return that love. And when he was going to be crucified on the cross, he could have stepped down. He could have said, okay, stop, cut na, cut na. But he continued because he was so committed to giving each and every one of us forgiveness. He was so committed to give, giving each and every one of us salvation and eternal life. He didn't tap out on us. I pray that we would never reach a point where we would tap out on him. How dare we? After everything that he has been through. Masasabi ba natin, Lord, ang hirap, hindi mo kasi alam. Mm, hindi natin alam. The early church grew and th thrived because they devoted themselves to the Lord, to the word, to fellowship, and to worship. How do we grow healthy spiritually as a church? We see that God's people devote themselves to the word. The new believers, during that time, they devoted themselves to studying the word, to hearing the word, to learning the word. Have you ever felt that? You know, the desire to read your Bible, that you're so excited. Pagising mo sa umaga, ay, magbabasa ko ng Bible. Pastor Budi, wala po akong Bible. I pray that we have Bibles. I pray that we would have that kind of excitement. You've probably felt this excitement when it comes to food. Right now, you're sitting there and you're thinking, saan kaya ako kain? Tiwitingga ka ng menu, diba? Sa ano, dyan sa may mulito. You're probably thinking now of the burger that you're gonna eat later. Double patty, sobrang juicy. Smothered in cheese. With perfectly cooked fries on the side. And you're thinking about that in church. And you think about that when you're in a meeting in the office. You think about that when you're driving. And you're saying to yourself, di makalampas tong araw na to nang hindi ako nakakakain yan. That kind of devotion and the excitement and delight. For some of us, it might not be food. Diet ako, Pastor Bodhi. It might be a person. Sana kasama ko siya dito sa church. Holding hands kami habang nakikinig ng preaching. Sabi naman nila, di ba? Kahaba-haba man ang prosesyon. Sa simbahan pa rin ang tuloy. Or probably, when you're in the office or when you're driving, you're wishing you're in another place with that person. If you feel that for people, if you feel that for food, I pray that we would feel that for God. The desire to read the Word of God, to study it and to learn it, comes from a desire to get to know Jesus more. It's not just, you know, I need to finish my Bible because, you know, it's a requirement in school, religious studies. No, we want to read the Bible because, Lord, I want to know more about you. The new believers, they were able to devote themselves to the Word because they were so captivated by Jesus. Again, captivated. When they found out who Jesus was and what he did, to, what he did for them, in spite of everything that they did to him, they were so captivated. How could the person love me like this? And they were thinking to themselves, I want to be with him. I want to get to know him. I want to spend time with him. The problem was Jesus ascended already. So what do they do now? That is exactly why Jesus prepared the apostles. He spent three years with them, training them, mentoring them, so that they could continue teaching his word and doing his ministry, even if he is not among us physically anymore. A thriving church is devoted to the teaching and the learning of God's word. If you would notice, when Peter preached the word in, uh, when Peter preached the word in the Pentecost, he didn't just preach the word and did the mic drop. 
Bala na kayo Kita kids guys next year. Concert? No. When he preached the word, you know, they invited them to be part of the church because he knew that they were spiritual babies. No one has a baby and leaves the baby on the counter or on the street. At least no one should. Because when you leave a baby there, by itself, it's going to die. Someone has to get it. Someone has to nurse it. Someone has to feed it, to take care of it, to journey with it until it reaches a point where it can stand on its own. And if we just preach the gospel to people and they receive and then leave them, what would happen to them? What would happen to their faith? They would probably just go back to the way it used to be. That's why, you know, our church should be committed not only to preaching the gospel to people, but when it comes to making disciples, to journey with people until they mature in the faith. Now, the new believers during that time, they knew the Old Testament by heart. They memorized the Torah. Here's the thing though, they knew what it said, but not what it meant. Because their teachers, the Pharisees, taught them the wrong doctrine. That you will be saved by obeying the Ten Commandments and the 600 plus plus commandments that they added to it. That we, for us to be able to earn God's love and eternal life, we need to do it by works. We need to be good people. We need to attend church four times a week. We need to you know, read our Bible before we become saved. Do you think those people during that time enjoyed the fullness of God's love? Do you think the people during those, that time really knew who God was? Or did they see him simply as a dictator because of the teachings that they were given? Wrong doctrine leads to wrong living. That's why we need to make sure that we are part of the church that teaches us the right doctrine. Because wrong doctrine can keep us from receiving the joy that Jesus wants to give us every day. It could keep us from the lives of freedom that he has purchased for us on the cross. And wrong doctrine can cost us our eternity. It can, you know, keep us from receiving eternal life and forgiveness. That is why we should be devoted to the studying of God's word. Sabi mo sa katabi mo, ikaw yun. Sabi ko sa'yo, dalim mo yung Bible mo eh. Sabi ko sa'yo, bumili ka ng Bible eh. We should be devoted to the reading and studying of God's Word. Theology is for everyone. Theology is not just for the pastors, for the elders, or for the deacons. Theology is for everyone. We are all called to be theologians. Knowing and understanding what we believe. Because we cannot believe what we do not know. We cannot live out what we do not know. We cannot enjoy what we do not know. That's why we are all supposed to be devoted to the Word of God. Hindi yung Pastor Bodhi, diyan ka lang, ikaw na magturo sa akin. Pastor Bodhi, I don't like this church. Puro teaching. Di man lang nagpapatawa yung pastor. Wala man lang mga pa-jokes dyan. Let me tell you, your pastors are not here to entertain you or to make you laugh. If you want that to happen, go to a comedy bar. Pastors are here to teach us the Word unapologetically. If you want to grow, study the word, and at the same time, be part of a church that would not, you know, not a church that would say what you want to hear, tickle your ears. Be part of a church that would say what you need to hear, even if you don't want to hear it. You're gonna go walk out now. The loss of fort. 
Napaka-gentle ni Pastor Paulo. Ganon. Pero yan, be part of a church that, you know, speaks the truth, whether in a gentle way or whether, you know, in, uh, in a rebuke, as long as it is coming from the Bible. Not just the preference of the person there. I pray that we would seek that. The early believers, they made time for God's Word. They didn't just set it aside, they made it a priority. They studied it on their own. They studied it together in groups. They came together in their homes to talk about God's Word. Be part of a church that does this. Just like the apostles here in this church, we have pastors and we have victory group leaders who could journey with you. If you want to grow more in the Word, all you have to do is to ask for help. And we would be more than happy to do that. We meet not only every Sunday. We meet also within the week, at least once, to talk about God's Word. We also have classes every Saturday. You hear it all the time in the announcements. Victory Weekend, Foundations Class, Making Disciples, Empowering Leaders. Those are classes that could help us understand God's Word, build deeper foundations. I remember always hearing those announcements when I was attending back in 2007 in Victory Fort. But I didn't mind it because in the previous churches that I attended, I really didn't want to you know, get to know people. I would usually just come in and then get out without even talking to anyone. Sometimes you'd be polite to the usher, hi, and hi. I didn't want to interact with anyone. What led me to victory was when I was talking to people who attended this church, I heard them talking about God's word with so much wisdom, with so much depth, and so much passion. And I saw the word alive in their lives. That's why I said, I'm going to transfer to that church. I transferred in 2007. When I assessed myself in 2013, you know what happened? Nothing. Why? Because the same way I was in my previous church was the same way I was in this church. I wasn't talking to people. And when I asked God, Lord, bakit hindi ako grow But ganun, kala ko dito nasa victory. You know, the Lord revealed to me that the church wasn't the problem. I was the problem because I did not want to grow according to His design. I didn't want to get to know people. So anyway, uh, I started joining a victory group. I decided to give it a shot. I joined the classes. And in the beginning, I was really, ah, sige na Lord, try ko lang. But, you know, I, I decided, okay, I'm gonna do this. I went to it. I was devoted to knowing and understanding God's Word even when it was traffic, even when it was raining, even when I was busy, I decided to make time for it. And eventually, after one or two classes, what I dreaded became something that I delighted in. I became excited going to Victory Group. I became excited going to the classes because I knew that as long as I was devoted to the Word, God would make Himself known to me all the more. And I pray that you get to experience that as well. So all of you here, if you are not yet part of a victory group, I encourage you, try it out. It might seem scary and weird, but you live and you'll grow. In your seats, you find a card, the one you're sitting on. Yung card, you can get the card and you know, you could look at it. Very easy if you want to get connected to this church. If you want to grow more in your knowledge of the word, you could just sign up and um, you know, tear off the sign-up sheet and leave it at the concierge. And we will contact you uh, within the next two weeks so that you could be part of this church and experience what I experienced. Like the early church, are we committed to knowing, understanding, and learning the word of God? 
Do we even own a Bible? If you're here, if you're part of this church, I encourage you to buy one, a physical one, not just the one you download on the app. Do we have a set time and place where we study the Word of God apart from the Sunday service? As we are listening to the preaching, are we really listening to obey and understand? Or are we just passing time? I pray that we would be open, that the word would not just pass from this ear to this ear, but it would come enter our ears and our hearts. I pray that just like the early church, we would be devoted, committed to study the word continually, steadfastly, and tirelessly, even when we don't feel like it. Because as we do that, that is when we will see ourselves becoming more like Jesus Christ. And when we talk about devotion, it's not just about studying the word and reading the word. It's having a commitment to obey it as well. James says, do not be just hearers of the word, but doers. As we go back to Acts 2.42, it says, and they devoted themselves to the fellowship. God's people devote themselves to fellowship. I have a confession to make. When I hear the word fellowship, before I used to think that it was the gathering of old and boring people. Forgive me. Sis, fellowship tayo. Ay, antanda. Feeling ko parang, can you just call it tambay or hangout? Chill. But, you know, it's really more than a tambay, a hangout. As God's people, we are not just called to be together and enjoy things together. We are called to share common things. We are called to share life. We are called to share burdens, joys. We are called to share suffering. We are called to share food. Yay! The original word used for fellowship is koinonia. When you look at the definition of it, it is a bunch of many things. It's such a complicated word. Again, it's not just gathering together, but really sharing common things together. It goes deeper than the hi, hello, that we do every Sunday to the ushers. Or, you know, when you pass by people in the mall and you know they're from church or in the coffee shop, it goes beyond that. That's not fellowship. That's not koinonia. We are not just called to hang out and to say hi to each other. We are called to be a family. Again, we are called to be a family. When you enter a relationship with someone, especially marriage, what happens is that you don't just enter a relationship with that person, but with that person's family. Oh, nga, Pastor Boti, and Payan. You know, you enter a relationship with your partner's parents, siblings, no choice. And, you know, you intentionally reach out to them, build relationship with them. Kahit pinipilit ka lang na asawa mo, you do that because you know that they are already your family as well. Welcome to the family, whether you like it or not. In church, it's pretty much the same. The people around you are not just random strangers. Because we believe in Jesus Christ, we have been brought into this family. The people around you are brothers and sisters that we are to share life with and we are to work with. We're not just bound by some legal paper that we signed. You know what binds us together? Something far greater. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the Spirit of God. And you might be asking, the Christian life is meant to be lived in community, never alone. Again, the Christian life is never meant to be lived, the Christian life is meant to be lived in community, never alone. Walang kakanta dito ng all by myself. 
don't want to pee. We are in a community. God has placed us. But you might say, Pastor Bodhi, we're so different. I can't see how I can get along with this person. I don't even know what to talk to. What to talk about with this person. When you look back at the early church, they had different backgrounds. They had different languages. They had different you know, priorities. They had different social classes. But they built relationships with each other. And it wasn't forced. It wasn't just a work relationship. They genuinely enjoyed being with each other. And when you talk about having a lot of things in common, we have a lot of things in common. We have a common Lord, Jesus Christ. We have a common faith that if we put our trust in Him, we will receive eternal life. He is the only way. We have a common birth. We are all born again in the Spirit. Hopefully not babies anymore. We have a common call and a mission, which is to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. We have a common hope that one day, when this world, you know, when our life in this world ends, we will spend eternity with Him in heaven. And we also have a common suffering. As we live in this world and we live the Christian life, we will be persecuted. We will be mocked. And that's okay because we have people to share that with. Pity party. We won't do a pity party. Anyway, um, when we talk about people not really getting along that much. I experienced that in my life here in Victory. In the beginning, I was like, it's so hard to find the community here. I can't see people that I will actually get along with. And you know, I prayed for community. You know who God brought me to? To Pastor Jonathan and Pastor JJ. That I share nothing in common with apart from my faith. <laughs> I was asking God, Lord, but you know, I would like to honor them because Right now, as I look back, they are actually a big part of who I am right now. They have, been, they, have a, they have had a great impact in my life as a believer. Pastor Jonathan and Pastor JJ, they are my friends and mentors, and they have helped me get through the toughest times, not just in my ministry, but even in my personal life. But if someone came up to me and said, hey, these guys are going to be your bestest friends 10 years ago, I would say, no way. What would I talk about with them? The other one likes news and politics. The other one loves reading and theology. Lord, wala bang K-drama and, you know, video kijan? You know, I was really skeptical, but when I started being mentored by Pastor Jonathan, you know what he told me? Oy, Pastor JJ was my batchmate. He said, you guys, you two, stick together. I'm like, why? And he said, because JJ is good when it comes to the Word of God. Bodhi, you need to grow in that area. Ouch. And Pastor Jonathan said, Bodhi, you're very you know, good when it comes to people, relationships, uh, being relational. So, you know, I hope it rubs off on JJ so that he would be you know, open and be ministerial, not ministerial, but really engage with people more. So I, I'm glad that we were forced to do that because if it were just up to me, I wouldn't do that. But looking back now, I see how God transformed me because Pastor JJ has been such a blessing to me. That's why I can preach the word with confidence now. I hope I'm not saying anything wrong. I'm kidding. Of course, we studied really well. Um, and I pray that I was a blessing to Pastor JJ as well. Again, these are friendships that have gotten me through the toughest times in ministry. And you know, the people around you, you just don't know. Don't judge them just by their interests or just by the way they look or their clothes because those people can really be your friends. God has a way of connecting us in, you know, in ways that we cannot even imagine. 
God's people are brought together to be a blessing to each other, no matter how different we are. God uses us to develop, you know, His grace. We can be a channel of grace. We can be developers of grace for other people. There are times that when you look at the person, you'd say, Lord, thank you so much for allowing me to experience your love through this person. And for that same person, there would be days that you would say, Lord, teach me how to love this person. We have been brought together no matter how different we are so that we can grow together, learn more about God's love as we receive it, and learn more about God's love as we give it. It is also in this community that we get to practice the one another commands. Are you familiar with the one another commands? I just breeze through it. Romans 12.10, honor one another. Romans 12.16, live in harmony with one another. Romans 15.7, accept one another. Galatians 5.13, serve one another. Colossians 3.16, admonish or rebuke one another. Hebrews 10.24, spur one another to love and good works. Do you have people like this in this community? I'm not talking about your friends outside. I'm not talking about your family. But in this community, do you have people like that? If not, I pray that you open up your heart. I would not even say find one because definitely the Lord has sent that person to you. All you have to do is to be devoted to the fellowship, to the family that God has brought us in. It would take a lot of opening up. It would be messy. As I told you, this is not a perfect church. You would get offended here. And I'm pretty sure you'd offend other people too. But we will continue to remain devoted to the fellowship, to this family that God has brought us to because we know that it was Him who brought us here. It's not as if we chose to be here because if we only chose to be here, the first sign of something that we don't like, we'd leave the church. Ay nako, napakataray nung usher dyan, lilipat na nga ako. Ay nako, yung music team, ewan ko na lang, lilipat na rin ako. Ang galeng, kumanta. Talo ako. Diba? Or, you know, ang tagal-tagal ko na dyan sa church na yun, wala man lang nag-high o pumapansin sa akin. Three years na. Paano pag pumasok ka kasi? I pray that, you know, the first sight of something that we don't like, our instinct wouldn't be to leave. God brought us here. I pray that instead of just pointing out things that need to be solved, that we would be part of the solution. When challenges, when conflicts arise, it is an opportunity to grow in the grace of God. It says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds as any had need. They went beyond just enjoying each other's company. They genuinely shared life, what they were going through with each other. And when problems arose in the personal lives of other people, they didn't just say, Tara, pray natin yan. They were already thinking of ways, how can they be a blessing to this person? And it says here, they sold their belongings. They gave sacrificially. And this is not some, you know, communist thing where people, we would force every one of you to sell your belongings and to give it to us. It's not like that. They did this joyfully. They did this willingly because the word of God was alive in their lives because they understood the love that Jesus Christ had, sacrificial giving. They were so willing to help out people in need as well. And I pray that we would be that kind of church, that when someone is in need, you know, that person wouldn't just fend for herself or himself alone, but when he shares it, there would be people praying with him, supporting him, and even helping him out as we are able. Again, I pray that we would be part of the solution, that we would be a blessing to the people around us. Every challenge and conflict we face is an opportunity to grow in God's love. 
individually and as a community. And finally, they devoted themselves to the breaking of the bread and prayers. A lot of people would say that the breaking of bread would be sharing meals like lunch and dinner. A lot would also say that it is the Lord's Supper, the communion. I'd say it's both. Sharing meals together, sharing updates about your life, that is being devoted to fellowship. But more than that, God's people devote themselves to worship as well. The early church came together to do the Lord's Supper, to remember the sacrifice that Jesus did for us, to remember the sacrifice that binds us all together, to remind the sacrifice why we are all united right now, to remind us of the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. And they did this not only once a month as we do here, but even in their own homes, they remembered this love. They talked about this love. It says in verses 46 to 47, and what? Day by day, not only every Sunday, not only once a month, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God. Their worship wasn't just a thing that happened for an hour and a half in this assembly hall. Their worship continued on. They met together in their homes. They devoted themselves not just to the breaking of bread, but also to prayer. I pray that we will be a praying church. It says in God's word that my house will be a house of prayer. Are we actually doing that right now? They devoted themselves to prayer, not just individually, where they pray for their own needs. They came together as a church to pray for the church, to pray for the leaders, to pray for the nation. That's something we recently did in our mid-year prayer and fasting. They didn't just pray for the needs of the church, but they also prayed, God, are there things that you want the church to do so that we could be a blessing to other people? Nothing unites people. Nothing brings people together better than prayer. I pray that we would be a people committed to that. You know, when every Sunday we see each other here, I pray that when we call for prayer meetings, that we would all be excited to go here. Hindi yung, ang gagawin natin doon pray they devoted themselves to prayer because they believed that they could not accomplish anything apart from God. Prayer is a way that we communicate with Him. We hear from Him. We declare our dependence on Him. Prayer is an atmosphere, an environment where we can be transformed, where we can receive His power. The early church did that. Even the disciples, when Jesus ascended, siguro nang silang ganun, tapos nalawala na siya, tiginan sila. gagawin natin? What did they do? They went to the upper room. They devoted themselves to prayer. Lord, what is it that you want us to do? Lord, reveal your heart to us. We see that happening in the early church as well. When 3,000 came in, they devoted themselves to prayer. We see that in the Old Testament when Daniel and his friends didn't know what to do. He devoted himself to prayer, praying three times a day in his prayer closet. We see Nehemiah when he was about to rebuild the temple with the people and everyone wasn't united and opposition was there. He devoted himself to prayer. He called people to come together in prayer. And as they did that, you know, when we, when we declare dependence on God, when we surrender to Him, when we pray, that is where great things are birthed. That is when miracles happen. When we pray, when we look to Him. So do not ever say, pray lang tayo. Prayer is powerful. Prayer changes not just our situation, but more importantly, prayer changes us. So we need to be devoted to it as a church. They devoted themselves to the 
apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. And what was the result? This was the result. And awe came upon every soul. You know awe? Yung pag It's not that. It's all like, whoa, Lord, you're moving mightily. God's presence was so evident, manifested. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I want to be part of this church. I want this to happen in our church. Would you agree? Of course, we want to see that. And in truth, I see glimpses of this in our church. Just two weeks ago, I talked to two people who were miraculously healed of cancer. They are praising God, Lord, thank you for... I was talking to someone a while ago. She said, I'm cancer-free. God is moving in our midst. Miracle signs and wonders are happening as we put our trust in Him. Weekly, I see people from church gathering together, not in this place, but in Starbucks, in the food court, in the restaurants, doing their victory groups. Please order food. I'm kidding, because pre-pandemic, the festival mo was saying, Uy, puno kami ng ano, puno yung food court ng mga victory group, hindi nag-order. Hmm? Let's be a blessing to the people, uh, to the restaurants that we, are, uh, no, that we are discussing the Word of God in. But you know, people excitedly gathered together to talk about the Word of God. They looked forward to it. And sometimes they'd hang out, you know, just to do nothing. And that's cool. That's good. You know, develop your relationships with each other. Be connected to God's people. I see how people here from church, anonymous giving, support underprivileged youth who cannot send themselves to school. Do you know that in Victory Alabang alone, thanks to the grace of God, we are able to send 58 scholars to school. Can we just give God praise for that? And I thank those people who faithfully give, sacrificial giving. Through you, lives are changed, families are changed. And we believe that as they step up to be the next leaders of the next generation, that, you know, we would be able to change our nation through them. We don't just grant them financial, um, financial support, but we also disciple them so that they would, you know, grow up to be great leaders, godly leaders. So I see that children being supported. Even during the pandemic, a lot of you sacrificially gave to love the city, to our frontliners, even to those people who needed food, Thank you very much. I pray that we would continue to be that kind of church. And every week I see new people, new faces gather here. And I believe that it is the Lord who brought you here. He is the one who adds people to his church. And I pray that today you would make that decision to be added. As all of these things are happening in our church, I see glimpses of what happened during the early church. The question is, are you seeing this happen? Are you hearing about it? Are you hearing it from the people that you are sharing life with? Or are you just, you know, waiting for updates, looking from afar? Are you part of what God is doing? Today, He is inviting you to be part of it. Today, He is inviting you to be part of this community. Not just so you can be a blessing, but so that you will be blessed, knowing and understanding His great love all the more. 
And you know, the last thing that I would want is for you to go home and say, oh, I need to devote myself to this. Oh, I need to devote myself to that. I need to devote myself to this. This is not, you know, a do this, do that thing. This is something that naturally comes out of our hearts. I pray that just like the early disciples, early believers, that we would do all of these things, not just because I preached it today. I pray that we would do this because we are captivated by Jesus. I pray that we would do this because we are excited to get to know Him all the more. We can devote ourselves fully to Him. Don't be scared. He will not let us go. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. We can fully devote ourselves to God because we know that He is fully devoted to us. He showed that when He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. That even though we were still sinners, He loved us and He saved us. Today, I pray that just as Jesus gave us His all, that we would be able to give Him our all as well. I'd like to invite everyone to bow down now as I pray. Lord, we thank You. Thank You for Your great love for each and every one of us. Thank You for giving Your all. And Lord, my prayer is that as we begin to understand the gravity of Your love, how much You have given us, that we would be so willing and excited and joyful to give all of ourselves to You that we would devote ourselves to your word, studying it, learning it, doing it, obeying it, that we would devote ourselves to the fellowship, growing in love with the family that you have brought us into, and that we would be devoted to worship everything that we do. It's not just for our own benefit, but it is always to glorify you. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.